Welcome to Sin 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Hey, Matthew. Hi. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm glad to hear it. My my day has been going 100 miles an hour and real good. Well, I'm glad you had a time to stop in here. Yeah, no, I'm glad I could stop by <laughs> and spend some time with you. I got to tell you a really quick story, okay? So we do some special event at Foothills, uh -huh. and it's like a Sunday night, and we're having like, I don't know, ice cream for everybody or cereal for dessert for everybody. It was one of those kind of things. And so our guest that we have on today, he and I are in the lobby and we're hustling, man. We're like moving tables and we're just getting the job done and the kind of work I like to do. I am unskilled labor and I'm really good sure. at that. I am. So I just like hustling and serving and stuff like that. And so does Dante Locke, who's with me. Yes, he does. So he's just hustling and serving and smiling and making people feel good. And this woman came up to us and she started yelling at us. What? And, and she talked to Dante and I. And she goes, I've been working here. I've been helping and everything. And not one person has said thank you or hardly <laughs> anything to me. And we're getting yelled at. So we do what we normally do. We said, hi, I'm Kevin. I'm Dante. I said, Dante, we may be in the running for the two friendliest people at our church. And we just got yelled at That's for not so being funny. friendly. Oh like, my goodness. Could you believe that story about Dante Luck? Never. If I hadn't told never, it to you? Never, no. never, never. <laughs> this is a man I really have been looking forward to sharing with the people that listen. I really don't know all of his story. So some of this I'm sure is going to be new for me as well. But I had such a peace, Dante, because I feel your heart, your love for the Lord, and I see how you minister to kids. And you are an example that I really, really appreciate. So Dante, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. I just say real quick, that day it was raining or it was supposed to rain. It wasn't going to rain. So we had moved stuff back and inside forth, back, and, back forth. and forth for a while. So that's kind of <laughs> why we were just in a zone of figuring like, what are we doing? Are we going Is inside and outside? And, that's right. And she just kind of happened to catch us in that spot. Yes. <laughs> And now she's our best friend. I don't know if I've seen her again. But you're right. That was the reason that we weren't a little more focused on somebody new that we didn't know anything about. So even the friendliest of us can miss the mark, right? So Dante, everybody that listens to Sin 315 doesn't go to Foothills, for sure. But a lot of people do. How did you end up at Foothills? How did you find your way to Foothills Church? I was a prodigal kid, born and raised in Bakersfield grew up in church. We would go to church pretty often. And I remember at some point saying, when I get older, I'm never going to church because <laughs> we went so much. Now, the funny thing about that, I did have that feeling about it because um, if I want to spend a night at friends' house on the weekends or anything, nope, we got church. So it just it was that I had to go to church. I moved away from Bakersfield. And so I moved here in 2002 and I kind of was just living life, doing what I wanted to do and whatnot. And in 2007, the Holy Spirit just started bringing conviction. And again, I didn't have that terminology to know what was going on, but yeah. I had been partying. I have friends that I grew up with from Saquon, and that was how I came to San Diego. I worked at the casino for many years, lived with one of the tribal members, who's always been a big brother to me, actually, even before they came here to San Diego and Bakersfield. He's always been a big brother. So anyway... Moved out here thinking, I'm getting away from Bakersfield. I'm going to work at the casino. I'm going to get rich <laughs> and just create my own lifestyle. And that's kind of what my 
intentions was at 22 years old but uh 27 though um i was listening to the music that i was listening to partying sleeping around with women and all of a sudden it was just like oh this doesn't feel right it was like no something's wrong with this and i remember it really felt like that it wasn't like a disgusting feeling it was just like this music i'm listening to something's wrong with it sleeping around with these women oh that's just not right now i understand the yeah. holy spirit showed up and started bringing conviction to my life so 2007 i was 27 years of age that started kind of going on trying to figure out what's going on and i missed it at my daughter who was about four years of age at the time she just was like dad i want to go to church and I remember just thinking, that's strange. Why would she ask that? I didn't have that lifestyle where I was really raising them in church, yeah. but my daughter wanted to go. And I just felt like the Lord at that time was saying, if you don't answer this, you will regret it. So I started going to the Rock in Point Loma. And I lived yeah. in El Cajon at the time. I worked at Saquon overnight. Sunday morning, I would get up, drive way out to Point Loma to it's go to church. a long way. <laughs> I lived here in El Cajon, and this is part of how I got to Foothills, the mysterious ways that the Lord works. I was getting off work, El Cajon, driving to Point Loma, and I kept going up for prayer. I went up to the altar every single week for a while and just said, hey, will you guys just pray that I give my life to the Lord and I really get connected. Those were the words that I kept really using. All of this time that I had been in San Diego, I was familiar with the Rock Church, Skyline, and Shadow Mountain, churches that I had visited. Yeah. Never had heard of Foothills. But the funny thing was, I lived in El Cajon on Petrie Street, the Timbers, <laughs> and it was right around the corner from Foothills. When I think about it, I never really went that way much. Mm. Everything else I did was out the other way at Saquon or down San Diego. So I was living there, driving way out to the Rock Point Loma, getting prayer at the altar, and the Lord just showed this vision. I just felt like what I remember, there was this vision where the Lord was telling me to go to this church. So there are some young people on campus. It was the National Prayer Day. So I think that's like May 6th so or something. It's the first Thursday in May. <laughs> yeah. So they're going around the campus and they come to me and they say, hey, you know, we're just going around asking people if we can pray for them. And right there was a couple on. of guys like Blake Calvin was there, Robert <laughs> Lucia, and a few <laughs> other guys. It was a, a younger crew of guys. I'm a little older. Yeah, I love I those like, guys. <laughs> yeah. So I go like, yeah, you know what, man? Yeah, I've been praying a lot and I would love that. And when they told me what church they go to, I just remember I feel like there was just something in my head was like, ding dong. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So God is that. so good yeah. that he didn't stop there. Around this time, I also had became more of a single parent. I started having my children like 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. And my mother for a while would come up from Bakersfield by train every other weekend to watch my kids while I worked. Wow. And it just was weighing on her. So it was getting challenging. And I had been asking friends for a couple of months, I need someone to help me with my kids. I worked at 3 a.m. in the morning at Saquon. I started at 3 a.m. And I didn't want my kids to go and spend a full night. I, I wanted someone specifically here. I want my kids to be home with me i'm gonna wake up at two drop them off somewhere that was what i was looking for with two months i wasn't getting anything and yeah. all of a sudden this same week i had a friend who called me and she goes i've been thinking about your um situation with your kids i have a friend that i really trust i've talked to her i told her your situation she's willing to help you Awesome. Okay. So the guys, uh, Blake and Robert, they had told me about Common Grounds. At that time, it was on Thursday nights because now it's on Tuesday nights. And Common Ground is college-age kids. College-age mm -hmm. kids, Young yeah. yeah. So they had told me all about that. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go because, that, again, that sound in my head was like ding-dong. So I was all <laughs> fired up to go. 
Well, something happened and I missed the date. I got, I think I was expecting it to be Friday or something. I was intending on going, but I missed it. Well, it was a Thursday when my friend calls me and she says, hey, my friend will come over and meet you. She can help you with your kids. So they came over and she goes, oh, by the way, she also goes to church. Oh, okay. What church you go to? Guess what church she said? Ding dong. <laughs> Foothills. And I kid you not, it was just, again, it was like that thing went off in my head, like ding dong. That was it. I'll, you know what? I'm going to this church this weekend. And I showed up that following weekend to Foothills. First person I was greeted by was Byron. And yep. um, again, shout out to Nebraska. <laughs> again, yes, yes. this guy's name just keeps coming up. <laughs> yeah. And Byron, he said, hey, can I help you? Byron showed me where my kids would go that day and everything Mm. and just was really kind to me. Well, the next week I showed up. And he says, you're an usher. (laughs) No. (laughs) That sounds like Byron. (laughs) No, but something even better. So remember when I would ask for prayer, I would always say, pray that I give my life to the Lord and I really get connected. And the thing about Byron was the following week when I came, he comes up to me, he greets me. And I throw my hands out to shake his hand, and he grabs me, and he just bear hugs me. Yeah. And that went on. For everybody who doesn't know him, (laughs) he is a bear. Yeah, he plays Santa. (laughs) Every year he plays Santa. He is Santa. Yeah, Yeah. he is Santa. So you're getting hugged by a (laughs) bear Santa. Yep, and this went on. I kid you not, for about 10 years, it was just a habit of reflex after so long, but it went on. I would throw my hands out and Byron faithfully for like 10 years would just grab me and hug me. And that introduction was what I needed at the time, obviously, but that's what I saw at Foothills. And that's what I felt when I came here was just like, this is my home. You know, Dante, I'm so glad I asked that question. (laughs) And that wouldn't be a typical question that I would ask, like, how'd you get to Foothills? In that story, think about this for a second. You've got a mom who's taking you to church, whether you wanted to or not. And the, there's moms listening, you know, and they are taking their kids faithfully to church, even if their kids are like me, like I was all squirmy and everything, and I would feel the same way that you did. I want to sit there and listen. Yeah. I want to play. <laughs> and then you've got the Lord's talking to you supernaturally, and other people just go into and yeah. intersect in the work that he's already doing. Yes. Like Robert yeah. and Blake, those are my buddies. Yeah. And I know the Lord told them, go yeah. pray for people. And then boom, there yeah. it was. <laughs> All along the line, yeah. including Byron, who just yes. loves you like he's made to love you, to bring yeah. you that next step. So there are people that are listening, just like with so many episodes, where's your role in this? Where's your obedience in this? to reach out to somebody that you don't know and be a part of what Jesus is doing in their life. Now, what fast forwarded a little bit, you're not just attending Foothills, you are Foothills, okay? We're family and it's the DNA of what God does in our fellowship, just like Rock Church has got theirs and Skyline and Shadow and everybody you're talking about. So now, how are you shifting into how long have you been in ministry at Foothills, volunteering yep. and actually paid staff now because you run the joint that we record yep. right now, <laughs> yep. Youth Venture. Yep. That shift where you took ownership and started serving, when did that happen? That happened actually um, about 2018. The reason why I know exactly what year, because I've been here since 2009. Even at the beginning, Neil and Drew, they would always reach out to me, try to spend time with me and hey, we're going to take our kids to here. And I would just kind of, oh, you know, I'm a single dad. I can't make it. Or, hey, hey, you know, no worries. What it was really for like the first eight, nine years, I had a wall up. 
I felt the love at Foothills. I knew this was my place, but for so many years, I kind of operated kind of like, I want to get to where they're all at, but I'm not there yet. Unbeknownst to me, I was really putting the wall up. I wasn't letting people in because since I've been here at Foothills, people were always opening up to me, but I just kind of wasn't ready, I guess. Anyhow, around 2018, I remember the Lord just spoke something really clear to me and he just said, stop chasing after people who you think should be in your life and start embracing who I send to your life. <laughs> Shortly after that, I really just went all in and I, I let my walls down and I started getting close to people. And um, in particular, my spiritual parents, Mike and Delcy Potts. Um, in their home. <laughs> so in their home, the Lord did a lot of heart surgery on me, meaning just softening my heart and really bringing me into what he meant by um, what it means by you have a new family. You have been given a new family. Yeah. And um, people at Foothills were trying to do that for years. But again, like I say, I can look back and I can truly say, no, I have my walls up. But at this time, when the Lord spoke it to me, and for me, that's what's really been always my walk. If the Lord speaks it to me, then I've made up my mind like I'm going to believe the Bible. I'm going to believe him at whatever he says. And that's why I think even when I say no human brought me to Foothills, it was the Lord himself, because that's the distinction for me. It's like when he speaks something to me. I don't know. I just kind of work like I'm not going to argue with him. I trust him fully and I believe. But in the midst of that, I got the going to this new family and these people just, they <laughs> loved me and took me in. You know, I've, I've been seeing that more and more. And I know there are people that are in exactly the place you are at maybe at Foothills, but at any church where they're not allowing the body of Christ to minister to each other. Mm -hmm. And when that wall goes up, not only are you not receiving from somebody, but you don't have the ability to, to give like you should, right? Yeah. So yeah. we have to be transparent. We have to be yes. vulnerable. We yeah. have to take a risk. Sometimes that gets messy. Because yeah. family can be messy. I can attest to this. Oh, yeah, yeah. me too. Right? Yeah. But by dropping that wall down, it allows yeah. the Lord to use you in the fullness of who you are, yes. the way he made you. Maybe not exactly the way you think you are. Maybe. I don't know. But I got to tell you, you motivate me. And I know that you do it in the public schools, right? Yes. And you also do it with kids that talk about gas bills for Dante, Chula Vista. He's picking up I know. young people in Chula Vista, another 30-mile trip. And <laughs> time. Yeah, and bringing them, going and getting them and mm -hmm. bringing them. I mean, you are motivating people in such a way that changes their life. Yeah. You know, not just by speaking, but by, by your life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Tell me this, what's the Lord teaching you currently, right now? What's he working to your heart? What are you hearing from him? You just kind of hit on something when you said, when we let those walls in, when I surrendered to his will, that's what kind of gave me the freedom to do what he's called me to do. Yeah. The more I surrender to him and the more I, I don't get hung up on my own self or worried about this or that. When I'm in ministry or even at the school in my job, when I whip my students, I just try to go all in and I just try to be there. And I'm finding, and I know when he says that I came to give life and life abundantly, yeah. I feel like I keep finding that abundance in life and it's time spending with these kids. I'm seeing more and more like this is the abundance in life. A few years ago, I felt like a scripture really became a revelation to me when it says it is better to give than to receive. A lot of people probably think of that in terms of money or that type of thing, but it really became a revelation to me. It's like the more I give out in ministry, the more I just I serve, I spend time with these kids at my home fellowship group. If I'm ministering and leading, the more I do that, 
I feel like the more of my life he gives me, I don't know if that that you the way you know I'll give him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And so I think what I'm learning more and more as I step into that the calling that he's placed on my life, I'm finding more and more of my life, the life that you know, and again it was I was trying to chase it another way before, but even that really um he put a halt to that. That was I chose his way and I just gave it to him and where I'm at now it's like I feel like I'm really experiencing the fruit of that like being a director at Youth Venture that's huge for me but it wasn't until I became a director that I actually said yes to it that the Lord showed me the first time that I ever had a jump start in my heart I was 16 years old at my family's church mm. phrase we would always be called was youth on fire for God we were reading these um, statistics about future generations, like they're going to be worthless. The X generation, that's what it meant. Oh, X means that we're Xing them out. And I was about 16 years old, and I can visualize that night that we were at the church in that room. And I was like, my heart jumped, and I was like, no, I'm going to do something about this. Like, I'm not going to let that happen in there. I also remember feeling like it didn't make sense to me that this article was written like you already like written the future generations yeah. off instead of writing an article like how can we avoid this let's be proactive right. so i remember just i kind of had this i guess it was a righteous anger and that's the first time i'm saying that right now I looked yeah. at you, i'm like i was gonna say i had this anger but i guess to me i think that was a righteous anger of like no it doesn't have to be that way yep. so fast forward to now where i'm at it's just like that was the original passion that the Lord placed in my heart. And here I am, I'll be 43 next month. And now I'm just walking in that. So I guess the wow. question of what are you learning right now is just like, I chose his way and I'm reaping that life abundantly more than I could have ever any other way. My heart is so full when I spend time with these kids and they seem to like me, like even though my own teenagers don't necessarily <laughs> want to spend time with me, oh, but well. these kids like, they like me. They want to spend time. People at this church, they love me. I mean, you can't buy that. I want you to explain a little program that you've got going on here, too, because once again, this is something that could be duplicated yes. some other place. Amen. So you've got a program where men in the church teach young people how to do basic life skills and stuff yes. like that, right? When I became the director here at Youth Venture, I got the vision out and kind of repolished it. I invited a small group of people to come to Youth Venture on a Saturday. Well, I put it out to my home fellowship group, and five people came, and I shared the vision. We prayed into it, walked around the center and everything, and I ended up getting a phone, a phone call comes in, and I go and answer the phone, and it's this couple that wants to donate a couch. And he said, this couch sits about 10 people. Well, part of the vision was movie nights here at Youth Venture. So it was just that timing was like, this is God showing up. The vision feels so big. My vision and my prayer is to have 30 volunteers at each center. Yeah. And so that feels huge. And that feels like it's not going to happen. When that phone call came in, I really took it like, this is God showing us. Don't worry. <laughs> that vision is going to be fulfilled. I already got it into making it. Or, you know, he already has the plan. That's what I felt. So I get that phone call. I go over. The guy brings the couch. I tell him a little about my vision. I share it with him. Like, you know, when you called, this was an answer to prayer. This is why I didn't. I shared the vision. Well, he calls me the next day and he goes, I told my father that you want to do some stuff with um, young boys. And he actually, he's part of a, a ministry where he's been taking boys. He takes some fishing, hunting. They learn how to work on cars and all these different things. 
And so uh, I got his number, Steve Munson, and the ministry is called Kids Outdoor Zone. They go to Village Church in Santiam. Their pastor, Scotty, has blessed them and been supportive of them doing this. They've been doing it for about a year. Every second Saturday of the month, we take young boys between the ages of 8 and 18 um, last month, we had 24 boys. This month, we had 22. There's men that are skilled in welding and woodworking, construction, and all these different things. And so we're teaching these boys like, you know, well, we meet the first Saturday of each month, the men, the leaders, and we kind of go over to plan this ministry. Kids Outdoor Zone has a curriculum that you can kind of follow or that you can follow. And it's scripture. The boys are learning scripture. They get to earn dog tags. They earn a nickname and everything All right. and things like that. But um, last month we had five stations. We had uh, two trucks there, one smaller truck where the boys, they were doing all the under the hood maintenance on a car, hands on. We broke the, all the boys up into small groups and they rotate the stations. So on this truck, they're learning the under the hood, all the basics and everything. They changed the tire on that truck. Another big truck there with some giant tires and the guy bought about 20 tires. And so the boys learned how to repair plugs. Like they were, you know, you wow. plug like plug in the tires yeah. or puncturing the tires. And then they learned how to seal it and plug it. They put chains on those tires. Hands on. These boys are learning these skills. And it was so impressive because it wasn't chaos. I mean, these men are they have it so well structured and organized. When we meet on at Saturday, they talk about, well, what can we do to take the edge off with the kids when they get restless? And, I mean, they plan it out thoroughly. Right on. That's <laughs> so being had, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's being Jesus. So another station, they were chopping wood and um, splicing wood. And then another station measuring. And they build benches. We sit on these benches. And when I got there, there's these nice benches. You, if you see them, you would think like, oh, they purchased these. Come to find out, no, the boys built these benches. Right and on. we have more kids. We're growing, so they're building benches. So they're just learning all of these real practical hands-on things. Each month is a different theme. This following month, we're going to do some backpacking um, kind of up a hill and everything like that. They did a winter survival where they taught the boys, like, you know, what happens when you go out camping or something, you don't have the proper gear. What does it feel like when you do have proper gear? I always kind of think like 70 years ago, boys yeah, were really absolutely. learning all of these real practical hands-on skills, and that's what we're doing with them. Yeah, and that's incredible because the brokenness of the family okay. is one of the worst problems yeah. that we have in the country, for yes. sure. Yeah. And it's not just that they learn these practical things, yeah. which are really, really good. That's the way that men get to mentor and get relationship with yes. and create yeah. memories. And then let's talk yeah. about Jesus. Right? Yep. So it's, it's a door yeah. that we yeah. can go through. And also the kids, like, they, they memorize scriptures in order to, like, earn the higher badges and things like that. So it's all with the biblical and even the nickname. I mean, you get to see these kids, for example, uh, just say one kid's name is Torch. He got the nickname Torch. The thing about the nicknames is um, the kids cannot tell you, this is what I want to be called. It's not a family. It's literally, hey, guys, pray when you're watching one of these young fellas, something comes to you. You know, bring it to us. Let's give them a name. So there's one kid named Torch, for example, and, and Torch got his name. I wasn't here this month, but they did the survival month. And they also taught him how to build fires yeah. three different ways. And he was the first one that got a fire started. Well, so they go, Torch, your nickname is Torch, you know. And so this last month, I got to see a few boys earn their nicknames. And you just see these kids like they get this nickname. You, I mean, you physically see their chest kind of well up. They sit yeah. up straight and, you know, there's just that feeling of like, yeah, this is who I am. And so 
Um, well, we that always... counteracts, man. <laughs> that counteracts what they're hearing at home. That's right. Because I hear so many kids That's right. hearing, you're stupid, you're worthless, yeah. you're a mistake. And then the world tells them stuff about their yeah. identity that's not true. Yeah. All sorts of places to get a place yeah. where you can go, no, 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 this yes. is who you are. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dante, would you just pray for the people who are listening to this podcast? Because mm-hmm. I really feel that the Lord has anointed you with a special uh, calling, gifting, and talent that can be imparted to somebody else, and they can pick up a piece of this and go, that one was for me. Mm-hmm. When I heard him say that, I knew that's what I needed to do. So would you pray that into yes. release some folks? <laughs> All right. So right now, Father God, we just... Um, we first of all, Lord, we just thank you, Father God, for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, that in the midst of rescheduling and scheduling, we've finally <laughs> been able to get it done, Father God. But I pray right now, Lord, that um that you will speak, Father God, to those out there right now, Father God, Lord, who um who don't feel, Father God, particularly that they don't know what they're good at, Father God. Lord, some people we've talked about kids a lot, Father God, and often many times um people say they're not good with kids. Well, the thing is, Lord, your scripture says that you search for the heart that is willing, Father God, Lord, and you make yourself strong, Father God, on that, Lord. And I can speak to that, Lord. I don't know how to do any of these things, but you're using me to bring boys. So I just pray right now, Lord, that whatever whatever that particular person is thinking about, Father God, whatever ministry is put on their heart, whatever it is that they think they would love to do that, they wish they can do this or do that, I pray, Father God, that they would come to you and that they would just take that step, that um, that leap of faith and know that you're going to meet them there right now, Father God. Lord, your word says that the harvest is plentiful, yeah. but the laborers are few. So I just pray right now, Lord, that each and every one would know, Lord, that we all have different um, gifts, different unique skills and abilities, Father God, and one person can't do it all. But Lord, your body, Father God, we need on a step man, Father God, even if they just visit Youth Venture and bring a hot meal or even just come in and say hi to a couple of the kids, Father God, um, we just trust that you'll show up, Father God, and you'll rise something, Lord. And not only the kids ministry, Father God, there's just um, so many ministries at the church that um, so many of us don't know how to jump in or how to join. I just pray, Father God, that someone listening today will pick up the phone, Lord, if they have to call the church or reach out to someone and just kind of ask about different ministries, Lord. Furthermore, Lord, I just pray, Father God, that each and every one would speak to you and ask you, where can they be used? Where can they plug in? So um, I just pray all of these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.